You're listening to Lewis Stevens on Epsom Hospital Radio. Epsom Hospital Radio. Wayne, 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 It's that time of the week again. You may be expecting Lewis, but he's having a bit of a tantrum at the moment because he deleted his whole podcast. So you got me instead. This is season two, episode two of Wayne. You've got George Lewinsky apparently on today. I don't know. I don't listen to his podcast. <clears throat> Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. She was right. Um, I, I was well. I wasn't throwing a tantrum. It was more of a small sulk because basically in this episode. Weeks ago, I recorded this really cool intro with all the new music over it. The, the music from this this episode's musician, DJ Felix Raymond. I was rhyming things like DJ Raymond, Epsom Shaman, and also saying things like all the way from the high street down to Epsom Downs, you know, little sort of cool bars like that. And I went to post it earlier and it all just deleted. So I, I took myself to the bedroom, had a little think. I've come back now. I realise it's not the end of the world. You know, things go wrong. I've been to work, come home, and I'm just recording recording this intro. It's with George Lewinsky this episode. Uh, he is a personal trainer, but this one we focus on habits. Um, we focus on nutrition and we focus on sleeping patterns because we think these are really important values to hold on to over the coming lockdown. Um, I think, yeah, and that's pretty much it. I, I think we'll save the, the, the lively intro for next time. Or, or maybe, actually, I tell you what, I'm going to leave you here. When one of Raymond's tunes come in, DJ Felix Raymond, when you hear that in this song, maybe then I'll come in with a bit of hype, a bit of thunder, and a bit of excitement. But for now, I'm just going just gonna to crack on with the podcast. As I said last episode, please remember to go on Facebook. Why aren't you normal Epsom podcast? Give it a like, share, share any episodes, share any content that you like. And most importantly, just, just tell one of your friends or your family. Every time you listen to an episode... Tell you what, you haven't got to pay me anything if you enjoyed it. The currency is just tell one of your friends and family that you listen to the that Epsom podcast. It's just that re- that's that weird bloke that you know he gets all different locals on because he wants to sort of demonstrate the variety of Epsom because he thinks it'd be quite a good platform and a quite a good tool to be proud of our, ourselves again. Um, and that that'd be all I'd that'd be all I'd after. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna shut up. Let's just we'll get on with the podcast, George Lewinsky, and, and we'll save the music for for, for later on when. But we know when the time's right. Wayne. Oh, okay then. All right, all right. Let's just have one little bit of music towards... As we march towards the first... I mean, second episode of Series 2. Don't get down about things. I was just a bit down about something. About losing the intro to this podcast. And then Alex told me... That someone out there is actually allergic to water... I don't want to put that woman down, but, you know, makes you look at your own life and think, at least I'm not allergic to water. You can't even cry about it, because it would get worse. Look, this is DJ Raymond, the Epson musical shaman, coming at you some electronic music. We're about to feature George Lewinsky on the podcast. Upcoming here is something that they call the drop in the DJ world. And what the drop does is raise intensity, get you excited for the main event. The main event being the Why Aren't You Normal Epsom podcast. Let's go. Yes. Okay, let's do this. I was actually going to consider saying to you, should we just like get up a like a, a phone call, like a FaceTime and then just mute the FaceTime and then we can just look at each other's bars? 
yeah, yeah. So then at least we can have some kind of eye contact. Because at the moment, I'm looking at a very dirty kitchen that I should have cleaned before we did the podcast. It's like um, the feng shui is not so on. Yeah, I mean, maybe I should just get up a picture of you and just pretend I'm talking to you. <laughs> a little bit creepy, but... Yeah, yeah, we can scroll through and find different pictures that, that relate to the different emotions that we're talking in. So if it's a particularly passionate part of the conversation, maybe I'll get up a video of you lifting some weights. And um, if it's a sad part, just find a picture, video of me looking a bit upset. I don't know, did you hear about Wales? They've opened their bars. Because uh, this is being recorded on the 1st of December, which is the day before the second lock. Well, before we sort of review the current lockdown. Wales have now allowed bars, but no drinking. Uh, mm-hmm. England are allowed four to a table, all from the same household, and you must have a substantial meal. Um, mm. I've just thought a substantial meal to you and someone else might be a bit of a different thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very true, actually. So let's um, stay on topic. Yeah, what, no. do you, what would you call a substantial meal? Substantial meal. So I would say something that's going to have a see. This is funny actually. Now that I've kind of been into the gym for such a long time and I like understand a bit more about nutrition, I don't see a meal unless it's got a decent amount of protein in it. Like that would build. That would be the building blocks of any meal that I consume. Um, so a substantial meal for me would probably be anything that's going to be over, gosh, seven eight hundred calories. I'd say roughly, but it does kind of depend on what I fancy eating in that particular day. But a substantial meal should take you twenty to thirty minutes to eat. I'd say. Really? So, so yeah. give me a average substantial meal, seven to eight hundred calories. Like, like, okay, a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay, breakfast. Um, so for breakfast, something that I didn't have it this morning. I had eggs on toast. But a breakfast that I used to have would be one hundred and thirty grams of oats, which is quite a lot. You can pretty much put that in like a a, a cake baking bowl, pretty much, um, with protein powder, some dark chocolate, some banana. That would be about kind of 700 calories. A lunch would be, which I'm going to have actually after this, would be kind of 300 grams of couscous, 150 grams of kind of lean beef. I'd then have mixed veg. Then I'd have like some yogurt and some fruit on the side. And then dinner would be kind of whatever I fancied really, but it would probably have about 30 or 40 grams of protein there anyway. I, I quite like chicken and steak and beef and yeah, I'm, I, to be honest, I'm not really a fussy eater at all, but I, I like having those big meals because I think that sometimes if we're having small meals throughout the day, we then like get super, super hungry and we start picking at things through the day. So I definitely think there's something to be said for actually having a bigger portion at your dinner and making sure you are getting a decent amount of either fruit or veg in. And then that is then going to suppress your appetite a lot more just because if you're having no fiber with your, with your food or you're having, you know, no slow, re- slow release carbohydrates, then you're going to be lacking energy. Yeah, that's quite mad that you say that because I would do the opposite. Where I, well, actually, I'm not that fast, but I can imagine people would be like, oh, I won't have a massive breakfast, like a fry-up or something, because that's going to be really unhealthy. But then if you have like a an oat bar and you just spend all day starving or <laughs> until lunchtime thinking about, oh, what's your next meal? What's your next meal? Once you have a fry-up, you don't think about lunch until like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, because you, you, you yeah, are satisfied. Yeah. Um, so what's so important about proteins being in the food that you eat? Okay, so a big reason that protein is so important is just because it's going to help us spike muscle protein synthesis. Now, what that is, or you can call it MPS for short, is essentially going to be the, uh, the starting building blocks of us kind of either building muscle or retaining muscle. Now, the reason that muscle is important is because that's going to help us uh, upregulate our metabolism. And it's also going to help us to, well, having that protein is going to help us recover from day-to-day tasks. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, lifting weights. It could be for yourself, for example, you've got quite a physical job, so protein will be very important to help you recover after you know a busy day at work. It could be 
that we are you know walking around a lot during the day um, and it's also going to help us stay a lot more satiated because it's going to be harder for our digestion system uh, to break down sorry if you heard that uh, notification then yeah it's going to be harder for our digestive system to break down um, which is why quite a lot of people have a misunderstanding of protein and think that oh you know i can't eat too much meat or i can't eat too much protein because it makes me feel quite bloated and the reason being is that we haven't actually allowed ourselves to sit down and relax before consuming that food because if you're in a stress state or you've got a, uh, you know your your heart rate is raised and then you quickly uh, shovel food down your, your body's not in a state to digest that your body's trying to um, pump blood to your muscles as opposed to pump blood to your gut which is what we need to happen in order to actually break down that food properly um, and the amount of people where i've seen um, who have come to me and said oh you know i always get indigestion from this food or i get bloated from that and i'm like okay try and have that meal set a timer on your phone for 30 minutes and see if you can have your last bite at 30 minutes then tell me if you feel bloated and nine times out of ten it's not an intolerance it's just the fact that we're just rushing that food went off on a bit of a tangent there but that's why protein is important i like that so instead of wolfing your food down like a hungry wild animal eat it in a eat it in a very sophisticated and respectful manner that is why my nan used to tell me to chew 30 times per per mouthful would that probably be right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly i think that the average person i think nowadays we're always in such a rush to do stuff that we also rush our food as well and I can promise you, if you slow down that meal, you're going to feel a lot more full and you're going to feel a lot better for it. Wow. I'm going to try this. Maybe you should start some kind of social media challenge, like <laughs> not, not, not Joe Wicks is leading 15, just like full in 30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Full in, yeah, mate, that's perfect. Full that's perfect. in 30. Like, I want to see you eat this meal in, in 30 minutes and you can't rush it. Yeah. And you, maybe that's going to go towards helping you enjoy every bite a bit more. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's going to help the way you, that you process the food. Because if you look in the wild, when you're watching like monkeys eating and stuff, like they're just casually chewing on their grapes or their or whatever mm. it is they're eating throughout the thing. They're not wolfing down the food. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're pretty 100%. similar. Sim, and then, wow. Yeah, I mean, the thing is as well, like we, we eat with all of our senses. So if we're looking at a TV screen and we're listening to that, we can't hear the food we're eating, we can't see the food we're eating, we're just wolfing it down. So by the time you get to the end of your meal, you think, oh crap, is that finished already? Whereas if you actually sit down, whether with friends or family or just by yourself and be away from your screen for a minute, look at your food, smell it, take it in, you know, take your time when you're chewing it, you'd be amazed how much kind of better you'll feel after that meal than just simply wolfing it down. Oh, George, you're changing my life again. Wayne. You know, the first stage of our digestion process is is salivating. So it's literally like looking at food and thinking, oh my God, I can't wait to eat that. And you literally, like, you start to build up more saliva in your mouth because you're so excited to eat that. But if you're literally getting a meal, sitting down, having more attention on the TV and you're not even paying attention to what it even looks like, you're not really going to have that first process of digestion. So you're literally missing out on the first stage of being able to absorb that food. So how, how much of this is going on in our full-time lives, like beyond eating, man? Because if you think about it, like you, we, we prepare ourselves by zoning out a lot of times in the day at the moment. Mm. Like, and so before you get out of bed, you might pull your phone out. While you're brushing your teeth, you might pull your phone up. While you're on the way to work, you might have your headphones in. While you're at work, you might be listening to something. You know, there's a million ways we can be outside the moment and not engaging all five senses. That's insane. Like, do mm. you think that could be a contributing factor to a lot of people's sort of disconnection with themselves? Definitely, definitely. And I think that obviously now that we've got so much technology and now we've got kind of access to so many different things, it is going to be very tempting to do that. And I don't think that we'd be 
human if we completely ignored that. But at the same time, I think it's very important to get a little bit more in tune with yourself and realize, you know, sometimes if you've got a stomachache or sometimes if you're feeling tired or sometimes if you're feeling lonely or whatever it is that's going wrong, there's usually a root cause for that. And I think that kind of switching off from, like we were talking about, from TVs, from phones, from all these different things and just listening to ourselves and listening to our body, we can start to, you know, get feel much, much better for it. And I was even having a conversation with a client two days ago. He uh, unfortunately got mugged in Sutton High Street. He got a phone taken from him. Um, he's only 16 as well, so he literally got robbed in Sutton High Street. And yes, he's, he's not at his... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's not he's not had his phone for the last two days, and I messaged him through Facebook because I knew that he said he was going on his laptop a little bit just to like check on messages and stuff. And I said honestly, how do you feel? And he's like, I feel so much better now that I've not got a phone. Like two, he said two days in a row, I've never slept so well in my entire life because I've yeah. not looked at my phone all day. I'm just he said he literally he goes to bed, he goes to his bedroom. Second he gets into bed, that's it. He'll go to sleep because he, there's no temptation to look at things. Yeah, and it's like a dopamine detoxing, isn't it? It's like a big thing that yeah. a lot of people are doing now. So you just do two. Oh, I did it a couple of weeks back. You just do two days or whatever a day. Just don't take any. And for people that don't, well, you probably would know, but dopamine is the chemical that gets released in your brain when you get small, sh quick rewards. So when you open up Facebook and you see a red notification, you get a small reward for that. Like in fact, Facebook mm -hmm. actually have a whole at, like area of their business designated to making sure that the dopamine gets released in your brain because it's like being it keeps you coming back for more you want it and when you go without it your brain wants to naturally release dopamine anyway it's not like this is some weird chemical they're releasing you like you should get dopamine from walking through a forest and taking in the smell of the trees like that releases dopamine looking at a, a nice sky interacting with someone lovingly like this is dopamine natural dopamine releases but when you're using a phone or on a playstation or or anything it is like an unhealthy amount of dopamine releases. Not unhealthy, but it, you're using up all your reserves in one quick, yeah. short, sharp burst, and they're not earned, and you almost lose you lose the appreciation of the process of, er of earning the dopamine release. A bit like what we were just saying with the food. When you eat, you I assume you get a dopamine release, and it's every aspect of that that, that helps towards it, the sound of it in your mouth, the, the, the smell of it yeah. before you eat it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, while you're talking about that and talking about dopamine, I just had a thought of, imagine if you watched like, uh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here or Big Brother or something like this. And when they went in, they said to them, right, you can all keep your phones, you're all going to have your own laptop, do what you want. Imagine how boring that program would be. <laughs> Because the reason it's so entertaining is that that's, that's stripped from them. <laughs> because, you know, they're, they're forced to sit down and have these conversations. So imagine how boring that wow. would be if they all had their phones and all had, yeah. Yeah, that's a sick thought. Imagine, that would be so good. Guys would get me out of here with their phones and it'd just be us filming them yeah. all sitting on their phones, uh, chatting to somebody <laughs> else and not being in the moment. Like, that's a sick yeah. thought. That, that's, that, that would be quite a good experiment, wouldn't it? Definitely. I think it would be a good eye-opener eye as well. It makes me think, crap, like, why am I, you know, like, I, even my, myself at the moment, I'll sit and watch TV in the evening, and I find it so difficult to just watch a program and not look at my phone. Like, I feel like I have to pick up my phone every five minutes. It's so bad. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, t I, it, my mental health declines, and they're not even my mental health, right? I'm not going to say it like this. Just my general concentration and mm. appreciation of life declines when I'm in that mode where I'm not being conscious about using machines, when I'm just... You know, pulling out every two seconds. If I'm at work on the building site, I just have it in my pocket every spare second. Just pull out my phone and start scrolling. 
if I leave it in the van or I leave the phone at home, my day is considerably brighter. You know, I remember that yeah. day. Uh... <laughs> so, like, is it just discipline? Is it just changing habits? Because this moves on to what we actually wanted to talk about. Uh, well, well, I wanted yeah. to discuss previously. It's about developing good habits and, and, and the power of a habit. Um, so do you think that's all it is? Like, It's quite easy to maybe if you are feeling like you're using social media or phones too much, it's just a simple case of changing habits. And what would be your, um, obviously someone who's got good habits and good discipline, what would be your advice to beginning to change them? Yeah, I mean, I think with habits, we have to understand that there is always going to be kind of a loop. So we'll, we'll have a craving for something, something else will make us feel better, and then we'll get the reward off the back of that. So if you look at, for example, people that go to say, AA meetings, you know, their habit is they feel low, they'll then drink alcohol, they'll get drunk, and then they feel better because they've kind of intoxicated themselves. But it's, it's not necessarily that we have to completely remove that cycle. It's more the fact that we have to replace it with something else. So, you know, I've, I've had it in the past where um, I've had clients that have quite bad habits. You know, I've, I've had a client actually come to me probably a few months ago, said that he was addicted to gambling, and that he always felt like he, whenever he was bored, he would just, you know, gamble loads of his money away, and he'd got himself in quite a, a bad situation. And what he started to do was we got him into the gym a few more times a week. And whenever he felt stressed through his day or whenever he felt a little bit off, he would just come to the gym, even if it would be 30 minutes. And that was then his reward because he'd leave with those endorphins and feel much better for it. So I think that sometimes you have to force yourself into something else new that's a little bit uncomfortable in order to not necessarily eradicate the habit, but change it to something that's going to be a bit, bit more positive for you. Yeah, because the habit loop system is the same for everyone. You do, you go in the thing, you get your reward, mm. the reward runs out, then you need to hit it again. Yeah. So it's about replacing the bad habit with something else. You can't just sit there and go, right, I'm getting off my phone now. Because you've probably said that to yourself hundreds yeah. of times before. It's about putting down and saying, right, what can I do every time I get that craving to go to go on the phone? Yeah, and I mean, think of it like this way. If we're, we're not all, all going to you know, be able to change our habits overnight, but if we can be... 1% better each day for a year, by the end of that year, we're going to be 365% improved than, what, than when we started the year. Um, and it's it's not going to be a massive, dramatic overnight change that's going to like help us to change our lives. It's just going to be those very, very small steps on a day-to-day -day basis. So it could be as simple as um, having a, a drink of water in the morning. It could be as simple as you know getting out for a 20-minute walk. Although you've not completely changed your life overnight, what you've done is that if you can do that every day for say 30 days or 60 days or however many and you can do that 80 percent of the time because you know we're human we are going to have relapses but if you can do that 80 percent of the time you're going to see a massive improvement in a few months from now so it's just forcing that initial change a little bit and it won't be so hard to get up and drink that water when you when you've done it seven days in a row it actually your brain your brain is constantly trying to create shortcuts is what i've read recently yeah it's always trying to find the easiest way so the fact that if you train it to want that glass of water as soon as you break as soon as you wake up in the morning you will just automatically it will start doing it because that's how that's how it's, that's the shortcut that stops it having to process so much information like waking up and going oh where's my phone oh no i'm not using it oh what do i do now and then you start freaking out because you have no idea what you do yourself you've trained your brain to think right i can actually have a really low use of productivity here by just going up and having a glass of water by that time you've woken up you realize you do love getting out of bed 
and and the day's not so bad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the movies lied to us in the seventies and the eighties with all these like with all these like rocky you know like da 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 like and all these like yeah. you went from it being terrible and, and being low <laughs> to being great in like two minutes. And a lot of us feel like I think me as well. How do you go out and go for a run? I'll come back like ready to beat Apollo Creed. Like I'm gonna be hard yeah, as nails. Yeah. Like do you think do you think there's like a misconception and why why it can feel so hard to adapt sometimes? Yeah, in a way, I think it's it's you know important to understand that life isn't a rocky movie and that things you know obviously won't always uh, run out like that but i think that that's why we love an underdog so much is because we can appreciate that that person is trying their hardest and that they're not necessarily somebody that you know for example it could be you could be watching like a football match it could be two teams you don't necessarily support but let's say i don't know burnley are playing man city you're going to really want burnley to win because they're the underdog and no one would really back them to win the game but when you see them score a goal you feel buzzing for them because you think oh you know what if if burnley can score that goal i can go for a walk you know burnley aren't that good but they've just scored against man city so i can go outside and go for a 20 minute jog and i don't know like i think that we need to understand that we're not going to be perfect if we make a change today. Like, it's, And we're never really going to get to that position. And I think that people preach about, oh, you know, as long as you're balanced and we need to find this balance. And like, but I don't think there's really such thing as balance. Like we're never really going to have that perfect equilibrium. What's important is to know that um, if we are ever struggling, that we need to, actually, this is an exercise that I did a few days ago and it really, really helped. I was feeling a little bit off. I was a bit stressed. I was like, right, what am I going to do when, I, when we get back to gym and how are things going to look? So I got a piece of paper and I wrote at the top of the piece of paper. Um, I actually wrote my girlfriend's name right at the top of the paper and then I wrote Cute. my problem. Yeah, <laughs> it could be anyone. It could be, it could be uh, you know, your mom, your dad, uh, boyfriend, whoever. Yeah. Um, right, at the top of your, right at the top of the page, somebody that you care about and then right below that, a problem that you have. And then think, if that person came to me with a problem that I have, what would I tell them? And then do that. Because we need to treat ourselves for... Yeah, sorry, go on. Say that again. Sorry, sorry. Say that again. So, at the top of the page, write somebody's name that you're, you know, that you care care about. Then below that name, write a problem that you currently have. So, for example, you might write down, I'm feeling really anxious. I don't know what to do in my life. If that person that you wrote at the top of the page came to you with that problem, what would you tell them? Ah, okay, yeah. Then yes. do that. So I've so cause... I've written I've written like my mum, and then I've written motivation down below. Yeah. And then if my mum comes down, because I care about her, and it's so easy mm. to give everyone give everyone else advice rather than yourself, yeah. you find yourself giving the best answer that would be suited to you. Yeah, exactly. Because I think at the end of the day, we need to treat ourselves like somebody that we're responsible for looking after. And I think that as if we can. If, if everybody did that, although it can be seen as, you know, a little bit selfish at time, I think that sometimes being selfish actually is kind of the greater good for everybody because then people don't have to look out for you so much because you can, although you can be there for other people, you can also look after yourself and you don't necessarily have to be, you know, giving so much to other people. And meanwhile, you're in the background running into a massive depression because you've not looked after yourself. Yeah, but by looking after yourself, you are also looking after other people because you take the burden yeah. off. A, a potential breakdown for you off off yeah. off of them which 100 uh, because to to sort of like and it is to, to sort of see like how it is, it is there's a big thing at the moment with mental health was massive last year it's still pretty massive um and it's a good that i think we've all recognized that mental health is an issue but i think the next step as a society that we need to step towards is how do you deal with the mental health because by put it is good mm-hmm. to open up when you're feeling really bad 
and it's good, but you can't have everybody constantly putting their arm over you as the solution to improving your state of mind. Like you need to take it into your own hands and you need to change habits. You know, how, how, what, what keeps leading me yeah. to feel like this? How does this keep happening? Like, and this is what people who are good to you should be asking you. Okay, okay. So here it is. Wayne Music introducing this week's act. DJ Raymond. I'm not sure whether to call him DJ Felix Raymond or Raymond. You'll, you'll have to ask him yourself. But this is the segment of the podcast where we celebrate the expression that music is for our town. Epsom, I want you to do something for me right now. I want to feel your energy. I want to hear your roar. Give it to me. Epsom. Chances are that you're sat inside right now due to the current COVID restrictions. You might be in your kitchen, could could be in your front room. Doesn't actually matter where you are. At least pop your head to this. Maybe even a booty wiggle. Okay, okay. This is the part of the song where it gets a bit low you got to take a think about what you just did and what you just let out and prepare yourself to do that all over again Yeah, back to that drop thing again. Come on. Alright, wherever you are in Epsom Town, front rooms, living rooms, kitchens. Okay, that's enough of that. This is my podcast. What you said with the habits. Have you yeah. ever read a book called The Chimp Paradox? Uh, I don't think I have, no. It's Dr. Steve Peters, right? And he used to coach the UK cycling team. 
and he um, basically okay. said, like, in you, yourself, you are made up of two components. You are your human, which is the rational side of yourself that understands and, like, looks at things like the reality of it is I'm a human living in this society. I'm, I'm contributing by having a job. I'm, um, you know, this is, my, this is what I need to do. This is my roles. These are my responsibilities. This is what I know needs to be done in terms of, you know, going to work and, and being a good person to your family and uphold your keep. The other side of you is your chimp. And your chimp is your emotional side that just wants to completely just satisfy itself and it and it can run wild in your own brain and it can and it can make you act out and it can make you do things without thinking. And what it is you're supposed to try and do and how it explains in this book is that you should get your brain and your brain should be able to stroke your monkey <laughs> until you're until you're relaxed <laughs> and chilled out you know and, and and keep it under control keep it tame because your monkey is a good thing to have because it gives you your wits it gives you your instincts and it makes you sharp and it makes you athletic you know but if you let it run amok then you won't yeah. be able to survive in the society that we live in yeah that sounds like a pretty interesting book to be fair so it's basically just talking about um obviously you've got this kind of instinct that you want to kind of act out so to speak but trying to keep a lid on that and and i mean you probably elaborate on this a lot better than i would but is that basically what the book's about yeah 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 you just and, and it's, it's a good way to so so when you're like in a situation and you start like let's say you're at work and you don't want to be there or let's say you're doing something you don't want to do and it starts creeping in and if you if you're like me where as soon as these thoughts come in i start getting demotivated i start getting like i don't want to do nothing um i get i can get depressed i can get distant uh, but what it helps you to do is because you've actually made like a, an image in your brain of what's going on, your monkey's taking over. So like if you start getting like impatient or anything like that, you can go, ah, oh, it's just my monkey taking over. Right, let me connect with my human side. You know what I mean? My brain for a second. Yeah. What's rationally, yeah. like how can I... And then eventually you learn to just sort of like not let the monkey take over every time. And it's true because you imagine that this inner... Like we, we all want to probably, do you know what I mean? Just, just rebel you know, and, and go wild yeah. sometimes. Uh, but if everyone was like that, then like I wouldn't feel safe going outside. You know what I mean? And, and you wouldn't feel yeah. there'd be no cars. There'd be no, because you couldn't have monkeys driving cars. You know, you couldn't really have monkeys doing anything in society. <laughs> but of course, without without yeah. that monkey side of us, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do things, you know, <laughs> like, like as in, like, I don't know, meet, yeah, a, yeah. Meet, meet a partner, you know, that's all monkey stuff. Yeah, that's, that's your instincts, you know, mm. all that, things like that. So it's it's like finding a balance between the two sides of ourselves, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you mean with that. It's, I can actually relate to that quite a lot because, I mean, as a youngster, and I don't really think that it's something that really affects me to today, but I was, I was diagnosed with ADHD and I always found that I was really, really impulsive. And I still sometimes do it today and I do notice it creeping in and I have to kind of keep a little bit of a lid on it. But I was always like very outspoken as a kid and very like uh, hyperactive and found it very difficult to concentrate. And I think that sometimes like being a, a part of being an adult is realizing that if you're in a certain situation or somebody says something that you don't like or you don't agree with something, realizing that you have to kind of take a pause and take a second and just almost control that monkey, so to speak, and think, right, how should I actually deal with this rationally? And how shall I, you know, not just massively overreact and, uh, I don't know, uh, throw a drink at someone or, you know, just be, be an idiot. How, how do I, you know, keep control of this? And I do think that a big, big part of that is kind of learning yourself, learning, you know, what pisses you off and what things you align with and understanding that 
a part of the human part of being human is just knowing that you're not always going to agree with with everything and just learning how to have a bit of self-control yeah i get that's like is, do you think that's what you're it's hard at the age that we're at because we've obviously mm. we're 24 now we've been adults for a while uh but i wouldn't yeah. say we've fully grown into our skin if you know what i mean in terms yeah. of not all of us yeah. are where we want to be in terms of career Definitely. maybe maybe family personal life we're not there yet we haven't kind of settled in where we can just kind of let things go there's like that halfway yeah. house between and again that monkey's good because if it wasn't for that monkey i wouldn't get out of bed in the morning i wouldn't think right i want to do this today i want like that mm. there's that drive and this is actually perfect you remember that book i lent you the habits book yeah that was brilliant yeah the habits book right so in in this book there's a guy and he was an american he was an nfl football coach and this guy basically said scrap all the hundred plays all these kind of like confusing complex few plays that you've all got to try and put in your brain and remember to throw off the to throw off the opposition i just want to practice 10 plays over and over and over and over mm. again until you can do it in your sleep until we're shaving 0.05 seconds off every single move so you're 0.05 seconds ahead on all these plays that you play with other people which was really good he went from turning like eight teams around from going down from the bottom all the way to the top but in 12 years he never won a major tournament out he got to the final like eight times but he never won it and that was because he focused so much on the habits you know and and those things and and that was good but then when it come to that monkey side you know the side that's like full mm -hmm. of drive full of energy thinks right this is my moment to do it that wasn't getting nurtured because they were just drilled and then they would crumble in yeah. the big games because the opposition they came up against obviously had a lot more like going on in their head in terms of there, there was the, the pressure was good if you know what I mean yeah yeah I know exactly what you mean it was it was like they were conditioned so much to remember exactly where they were supposed to be stepping or you know look out for certain behavioral um you know changes in, in an opponent or something like that that when it became to a point where maybe something would go wrong or they'd have to use their instinct that they couldn't really do that because they were just conditioned to this is how it's going to be this is how it's going to go nothing's going to change and then yeah, yeah like you said it was just that finishing line that they struggled with I had a question i was on a instagram live about two weeks ago and somebody that's a member at pure gym and i never realized how old he was because i've spoken to him a few times before but it's not something you just ask somebody is it you go hey how old are you man but i assume that he was like 20 or something like i knew he was quite young um and he asked the question on the story and it was like uh what would your opinion be on somebody that has body of this uh, body dysmorphia of my age so i was like oh, do you mind if i ask how old you are and he was like i'm 16 i was like okay and he was like oh and i'm worried that my bench press is only 140 kilos i'm like mate you're you're 16 years old yeah. you're insanely strong like but this is what it's but this is what's happening in the sense that people are going onto social media and i think that when i first got into gym it was there but it was nowhere near as big as it is now like my my first gym membership i had i didn't even like i wasn't i didn't have instagram i didn't have to i literally had maybe bebo and facebook mm -hmm. and the only way you'd learn about the gym was you'd go online and you'd literally just type in how to build muscle and you just see this like massive roided up guy saying that you have to eat steak and drink milk and you'd be like oh, okay i'll just do that then but now there's so many people in there that are making such this big impression that um, I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm scared for the kids today because I think that more often than not, you can kind of look through the bullshit, but there's definitely a lot more pressure on people of a younger age to get into the gym and to get massive. And, and I said to him, I was like, look, the gym's always going to be there for you. Like if you want to take a few weeks off or you get the chance to travel or you want to go on holiday with your mates, because he said, oh, I'm scared of going on holiday because I'll lose all my gains. And I was like, mate, never let 
the gym detracts you from going and traveling the world and seeing things because you're only going to get to that once, but the gym is always going to be there. You know, you're always going to get, go, get to go back and exercise. But it's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. And if you sort of metaphor the gym for a second for like training, dojo, mm. let's let, then let's also replace that with like mental health, your brain, training, keeping yeah. it intact. Like if you sacrifice this constant attempt to self-help and self-improve, you're just going to become someone that's good at improving, but improving at what? Mm. You haven't you haven't experienced anything. You know, you're not into, you know, like imagine it's just all, all day you sat there and did maths calculations, but then you never went into a job yeah. that required maths. You're just like, okay, well, you're just good at maths. Like, what, what are you even doing? With that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine you just read the dictionary all day, but yeah. you didn't speak to yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah. Or didn't write anything down. You'd be like, oh, you know all these <laughs> words, but like, what are you doing with them? And there sort of lies that yeah. beautiful harmony between, um, between, like yeah habit and living you know it's very easy to get caught up in the whole glitz and glamour of it and think you know again i've got that same client that was 16 and had his phone stolen he is always looking at people on instagram and he'll show me a picture and be like when am i going to look like this and it's like that that guy doesn't matter like i know it's so easy to go on there and be like oh i want to look like this or i want to look like that or this guy said this thing so i've got to go do it now and it's like it's so it's so not that like and I think that it's very, very easy to, like we were saying a minute ago, just to forget why the hell you're even doing it in the first place. Um, but I do think, you know, it's a difficult one because I think that social media can be amazing. And I think that I've probably, I've actually made like lots of friends on there. I talk to people on there, you know, most days. And I think that it can be a very, very positive place. But I also think that there's a lot of misinformation out there and there's a lot of people and companies that will kind of, pry on those insecurities and and kind of sell to you through that type thing like i've i was having a conversation with who was it i think it was my brother the other day and we were just i don't know what, what we were talking about but let me just use a random example so let's yeah. say we were talking about rubber ducks i'd gone to an instagram story and then there'd be a sales page for rubber ducks and i'd be like why the fuck like i've i've never spoken about them in my, in my life i know my phone's listening to me so why are you trying to sell me rubber ducks like and it's scary how much they will kind of pride well not that rubber duck is an insecurity for me you know i'm, I'm happy yeah, i'm to, happy you know. with my rubber ducks so uh, yeah i'm hover yeah i've actually got quite a few rubber ducks but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's insane how easy it is now for a company to market somebody off of like a pain point or off of you know um pain and i'm probably really guilty of doing yeah yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm probably get what you're doing that myself without even realizing it. But you can go onto, you know, if you go onto Instagram today and be like, oh, sick of, I don't know, um, sick of your uh, stomach fat, or you want to get rid of your love handles, or you should do this. And it's like, yeah, I am sick of doing that. I'm going to follow you because you're now a, what's the word? You're now a, da, 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 da. well, I guess now they, they position themselves, Something. yeah, like an expert or, or yeah. like a, um, you, yeah. you've, you, you, I've, yeah, that, that person has like named themselves as an expert on an insecurity you didn't realize that you had, or they've almost created mm. the insecurity in you by saying yeah. that you need to look like this. In that book I gave you as well, there was the bit about mm. um, to when toothpaste became a big thing in America, yes. Fluorident or something it was called, and the way they market mm. it to people is they said, do you have that weird like waxy rough stuff on the front of your teeth automatically everyone goes yeah. and licks the front of their teeth goes yeah i do yeah well get rid of it today with this toothpaste yeah. that protective waxy coating is there to protect your teeth like everybody has yeah. that but they've certainly <laughs> advertised this thing and it was it was it's now like celebrated as one of the greatest marketing 
sort of like campaigns of all time because he converted like yeah. 70 million people's to teeth brushing habit by by showing them something that everybody has but making them seem like it was an abnormality um and mm. i think a lot of the time this is what's happening with like you say with the gym and the social media like like you you're getting shown this aspect of yourself that you might at our age we might be different but when you're 16 and you're confused and you don't know who you're supposed to be mm. and someone says oh yeah by the way uh, um like big arms and and six packs and stuff like yeah that's what you want and you're like and then you've got these yeah. 16 kids wanting wanting this and it's like yeah but that's just, guess it, nothing to do with they don't live in a in a in a town full of gyms where the biggest arms gets the biggest paycheck or the biggest arms yeah. gets the best inspiration do we live in a diverse place like I'm not saying it's wrong that they do it because this is such a complicated question that like, yeah. how, how do you separate this stuff? I'm just saying like that could be a big contributing factor to the way, to why kids, like, people are getting so caught up in, in trying to be certain things. Watching Love Island, for instance. Yeah. Watching, oh, mate. watching yeah, Big Brother. Watching, watching these influencers on YouTube or watching these Instagram people. Like, they're, they're, they're being pushed across and kids are watching. Also. Oh, the, the way to be is just completely switch between boyfriend and girlfriend every two seconds because uh, it's all a game and it and it's all something I've got to win yeah. or it's all something it, oh, I've got to look this way and if I don't look this way no one's going to like me and everyone's going to fancy this most charismatic person like and now we're all suddenly trying to fill this boots of like it's almost a bit Aryan like trying to fill this blonde hair blue eyed race of perfect humans like and as much as it might be good for the whole society to actually aim towards being the best that leaves 95% of people not using their ability and not supporting the community and actually ended up maybe dragging dragging back their mental health and putting more of a burden on society. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane, isn't it? It's, it's almost like um, like this whole idea of, you know, getting lip fillers or fixing oh, your hip mate. dips or f fixing, like Jesus what Christ, somebody was born, so, 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 somebody was born with this bone structure and it's like here's how i literally saw a post on it a few days ago i'll see if i can send it to you and it was like here's how to fix your hip dips and it was certain exercises and then i saw another thing like alongside it who was like somebody that had had uh, an operation that cost like eight thousand pound in order to fill out an area on your body that you were born with and it's like it's absolutely insane and uh, it's, it's almost like um if you imagine you know you can get I mean, it's quite an old-fashioned thing now, but with corsets where people would wrap it around their waist and try and get their waist as small as they possibly could. And then you're literally like crushing all your internal organs because somebody in a magazine or somebody in a newspaper or something said that it was attractive to have a, a, a slim waist. So now all of a sudden everybody's wrapping themselves in tinfoil and trying to starve starve themselves on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, you ask somebody, oh, what did you do to get like that? And they're like, oh, you know, I ate a thousand calories a day, run every day and wrap myself in tinfoil. And it's like, surely there has to be a point where that's just, you realise that that's just not fucking healthy. Yeah. And what are you doing it for? Like you're, you're, you're doing yeah. it. So when people see you, they see you as this, this, this corseted <laughs> weirdo or that looks really yeah. skinny at the hips. Like, 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 and, and you're supposed to attain happiness, not happiness. You're supposed to attain a level of sort of, um just calmness about that you know that, that that's supposed to get you the hit you want to live what about tomorrow what about the yeah. next day where you eat something and you don't wear your course where does that even out what about when you get to 50 and you've got the, and you've got wrinkles and you've got and you're starting to put a bit of weight is that going to ruin the last 30 years of your life to me. and we're back introducing another bit of fire from dj raymond 
hope you can feel this one. Starting the head. Then move down to the feet. This one's really something. DJ Raymond, quite your normal Epson podcast. Series 2, Wayne Music. It's that drop time again. Ah. We're not just a podcast, it's a movement. This song walks the street of this town. If you need any tips or lessons, just give him a shout. If you want to hear more of his stuff, it's DJ Raymond on SoundCloud. And if you want to hear more of our stuff, stay with the Warrant You Normal Epson podcast. There's a lot more to come. Okay, enough of that. As I said, this is this is my podcast. I've, while we were talking about this, I've just come up with, with a little idea. So you know, Joe Wicks has got Lean in Fifteen, yeah. And well, I think we've spoken about sleep in the past, like in one uh, like one to one sessions. Create like a new thing which focuses on mental health one hour pre bed and call it All Right Overnight. Ooh, and yeah. it's just basically a little program that can be set up to make fe- people feel better and sleep better, and so they wake up in the morning feeling a lot more refreshed. Yeah, yeah, and then and, and 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 has spend... a bit of a ring to it, doesn't it? Yeah, I like that. All right, overnight, and then and then, yeah, wake up, happy, yeah. happy yawning. Wake in the up morning. feeling refreshed. Happy yawning we, in the morning. We, we want, yeah, happy yawning in the morning. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Because at the end of the day, we 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 want to we want to go to bed and fall asleep easily and wake up feeling refreshed. And if we're 
you know, feeding ourselves crap and, and got this like negative things going on on social media and we're worried and anxious and, you know, we've, we're struggling to get to sleep, which I think is, to be honest, I think that there's probably a pandemic right now of people, how bad people's sleep are. Like literally everybody I talk to on a daily basis either doesn't sleep long enough or is constantly waking up in the night just because we're all so stressed and also anxious about what's been going on this year. I think that, um, you know, a big, big part of improving our, not only our physical but mental health would just be looking at our sleep and looking at how much we are resting as opposed to having this, oh, you know, you've got to push through and we'll rest when we die. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like we need, we need rest. That will kill you young, yeah. you know, like, like, like lack of sleep, stress, yeah. like yeah. what they're finding out now mm-hmm. and, and what's, what, what everybody's like, it is all about being as calm as possible. Like that is what gets you the healthier life, you know, like, and if yeah. people aren't getting the eight hours, like they say, it, it, I don't know, it, 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 it will kill you young. You will get ill quicker. Your immune system will be weaker. Oh, 100%. Um, and, and, all this and again, 100%. is it this, is it this sort of, it's so hard to go to bed at night with all these distractions around us at the moment. And, and we sort of live for these distractions now, you know, that we like, and it, and we, we, it is a silent mm. pandemic, a silent pandemonium that's going on around us and everybody's being willfully blind. No one wants to admit that we are all very, very, very hooked on our phones. And and I get that we are progressing as humans and we're probably, in my in my head, evolving into the next stage of ourselves where a lot of our a lot of our thoughts are, are, are stored externally, which allows us to act internally, if you know what I mean. So like you mm. and be calm. Yeah. So so everything you have is stored in the cloud and everything else you just get along with your day and you act quite calm and you act quite relaxed because you haven't got to think about anything and i think we're generally getting and, and in 100 200 years that'll be so much more prominent but we're at the very birth of it where it's we're just at a weird stage like we need to be more fluid with the way we use um use the machines i think if you look on we said it before like you just get go on the truck get on the train in the morning to work and it's not even an ashamed fact that everybody's just sitting there on their phones and watching things you know like and, yeah. and, and, and it's like we live for our spare time to be filled with the usage of these of these machines and these things which I'm not saying the, the technology is bad I'm just saying it's our relationship with them is actually ugly today we we want to we want to go to bed and fall asleep easily and wake up feeling refreshed and if we're you know feeding ourselves crap and and got this like negative things going on on social media and we're worried and anxious and you know we've, we're struggling to get to sleep which i think is to be honest i think that there's probably a pandemic right now of people how bad people sleep are like literally everybody i talk to on a daily basis either doesn't sleep long enough or is constantly waking up in the night just because we're all so stressed and also anxious about what's been going on this year i think that um you know a big big part of improving our not only our physical but mental health would just be looking at our sleep and looking at how much we are resting as opposed to having this oh you know you've got to push through and we'll rest when we die and it's like no fuck that like we need we need rest that will kill you young yeah. you know like 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 lack of sleep stress yeah. like yeah. what they're finding out now mm-hmm. and, and what's what what everybody's like it is all about being as calm as possible like that is what gets you the healthier life you know, like, and if people yeah. aren't getting the eight hours, like they say, it, it I don't know, it, 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 it will kill you young. You will get ill quicker. Your immune system will be weaker. Oh, 100%. Um, and, and, all this, and 100%. again, is it this, is it this sort of, it's so hard to go to bed at night with all these distractions around us at the moment. And, and we sort of live for these distractions now. 
you know that we like and it, and we we it is a silent mm. pandemic a silent pandemonium that's going on around us and everybody's being willfully blind no one wants to admit that we are all very 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 hooked on our phones and and i get that we are progressing as humans and we're probably in my in my head evolving into the next stage of ourselves where a lot of our a lot of our thoughts are, are stored externally which allows us to act internally if you know what i mean so like you mm. uh, and be calm yeah. so so everything you have is stored in the cloud and everything else you just get along with your day and you act quite calm and you act quite relaxed because you haven't got to think about anything and i think we're generally getting and, and in 100 200 years that'll be so much more prominent but we're at the very birth of it where it's we're just at a weird stage like we need to be more fluid with the way we use um use the machines i think if you look on we said it before like you just get go on the truck get on the train in the morning to work and it's not even an ashamed fact that everybody's just sitting there on their phones and watching things you know like and yeah. and, and, and it's like we live for our spare time to be filled with the usage of these of these machines and these things which i'm not saying the, the technology is bad i'm just saying it's our relationship with them is actually ugly and weird and not human if you know what i mean yeah it's so strange i mean even i literally turned on the news this morning and i saw that this um is it arcadia with like burn and top man and top shop and yes, all them yeah, are going to yeah. be going into yeah they're going to be well they've gone into liquidation or, or something administration like this or something, yeah. Uh, yeah administration that's what yeah yeah i always get confused between the terms administration but, yeah. is administration. where they like they could get rescued couldn't they but liquidation oh, okay. liquidations okay. like so yeah. someone could technically buy arcadia for like a pound but take on all their debts right yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty insane to think that, like, such big shops that people would go into on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, could possibly close down. And I do think that it's a much bigger push towards this whole kind of online era that we're moving towards in the sense that eventually, and I'm sure this will probably happen at some point, well, maybe not in our lifetime, but maybe in hundreds of years, where you won't be able to go into a shop and buy something. Like, you know, you couldn't... I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't even walk into a supermarket and pick up some food that you like to eat. You know, everything will be delivered to you. Will be more kind of in our houses. You can order whatever whatever you want online. You know, people nowadays, if you book a holiday, it's very rare that you actually go into you know the Epsom Town Centre and go into Thomas Cook and go right. I'd like to book a holiday. Now. Yeah, my just, granddad does it. And yeah. it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> See exactly. Do you know what I mean? But like that used to be normal. Whereas now you just go into like lastminute.com and go yeah, I'll just go there. And you you know you've not even spoken to somebody else about it you've just looked at a review online which has probably been paid off by somebody else who's gone oh yeah you know it was really nice da, 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 da. and then you get to the bottom review and every single review is five stars and then somebody at the bottom says yeah it was nice and the weather was good but the waiter slapped my wife in the face you're like oh i'm not going to stay there and it's yeah. just like probably not even a real review you know it's just these random people putting up their opinions about what they thought their holiday was like whereas we used to obviously go and communicate with somebody else and they'd be like oh you know i've been to i don't know where it I've been Magaluf before. Yes, lovely. You'll really enjoy it there. Locals are super nice. Like you just don't get that anymore. I guess. I guess it's, it's good and bad. Like like because gone are the days. Do you remember like your nan or granddad? I don't know if this happened to everyone. Just giving you a Thomas Cook brochure when you were a kid. Like pick which one you like. Yeah. And you'd be going through yeah. like, wow, look at that pool. Look at that home. Oh my god. Yeah. But, but now <laughs> I suppose the good thing about the the internet and the technology is that you do get to be a lot more aware of what is out there so i guess like there yeah. is you're not it's like with news but there's the goods and bads it's not like there's just four news outlets anymore that you have to listen to everybody's everybody can say something you can look into anything obviously the rise of that like you just said with the false comments in the holiday is that false news starts to arrive yeah. so it's left us in a very confused information age 
As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a... Wayne! To, to what you said with shopping, I think shopping will go on the high street, but it, but the rise of mm -hmm. social hubs yeah. in the high street will rise. So you're going to get a lot more food. You're going to get a lot more brands, like like different food brands popping mm -hmm. up, coffee houses. There are more social atmosphere to the high street, which I actually welcome to get rid of all these big clothing companies. Yeah. There'll probably be Amazon delivering um, clothes by drones. You know, so and and things will get yeah. delivered by drones in another way. So it won't be so bad on the environment. Um, this will probably come up, and it, everything. And then also we'll be able to spread out a bit more. So this countryside that's empty, mm. it won't be so much now that people will be like, oh, but I could, I just couldn't bear living this this far away from London. You know, because I need to get to work. Yeah. I couldn't bear living away this far away from big town. But with with BT putting up all the masts everywhere, that's gonna start. We're gonna have internet mm. pretty much everywhere soon. People are going to be able to move yeah. out. Drones are going to be able to deliver things a lot further. You know, we, you've got we are looking at that long term. This is what we're going for, and it might. And this is what I meant about the train earlier. It might encourage a more relaxed way of life. When everything's getting done for us, we can focus on being social. We might have to sacrifice a lot of our control and independence, if you know what I mean. But we do yeah. gain at yeah. the same time. We do gain, and you've. I'm going to get meta deep here for a second. If you imagine okay. that before we lived in forests and things like that, yeah, we got looked after mm. by the forests. We got looked after by right. Mother Nature. We got looked after by all these things. Um, who's to say that the machines that have risen are not just the way of Mother's na Mother Nature's way of um, of making sure that everything's maintained? Do you know what I mean? So, so like when, yeah. if I'm explaining this right, so pretty soon we might not have control. It might just be an AI that runs the maintenance of humans that then run the maintenance of the U of of the planet when things need to be actually thought about. Do you know what I'm trying to say, or does that do I not come across? Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I do know exactly what you're trying to say. It's almost like the machines that we've built are almost so powerful that at some point they're just going to be self-sufficient. They won't really even need maintenance anymore. And in fact, it will actually be you know, you'll, you'll go to the opticians or you'll go to the dentist or, I mean, I can picture that right now. Yeah. Literally going to get my eye tested and there's just a machine in front of you that flicks the glasses across your face and then when you're happy with the glasses that you need and the machine's happy with that, you go into another room and it just slides down a conveyor belt. You get a pair of glasses and you leave the building and nobody even works there. It's just machines. Yeah, like, and I, we're, that really wouldn't surprise me. And no, and that's what's mad. Like, if you'd have said that 30 years ago, if you watch movies, people would be going, nah, no way. You can genuinely mm. see that becoming the reality now. Like to, yeah. to, to how yeah. things are going to turn up but then at the same time so yeah we've sacrificed a lot of control we've we're given over a lot of power but at the same time we're gaining a lot more time to mm. socialize focus on like you know what i mean where you're getting set up and, and how and how your dynamics work in between all of us like this is why mental health might be such a big thing at the moment because the next step mm. for us is like mental health risen we can't quite we're, we're losing control to a certain amount of machines but we're, we're going to gain control to our feelings and if anything we're just we're, we're giving it back to the planet if you know what i mean like we're giving it back to something yeah. beyond our control um which mm. is pretty yeah, bloody I deep I'm... i didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i know yeah i think i know where it's you're going with that saying, i was yeah. yeah i mean i was literally thinking about this about maybe well before we jumped in this podcast so Obviously, we were trying to get this set up. You know, we had a few technical issues from my end and it was funny and it was quite ironic because I was getting quite frustrated with my laptop. And I remember thinking back to when I was maybe 
six or seven years old and we had our first computer in the house i think it was like a windows 95 or something and what you'd have to do is you turn the computer on it would make all these weird like crackly noises and then i would turn to my brother and say right let's go play football in the garden for half an hour and by the time we finished our match the computer would have loaded whereas now you literally press a button and if the little spinning circle lasts more than five seconds you want to throw the computer five, across the two room two seconds i'm yeah. going what yeah, what? A... what come on like tapping away and stuff like yeah it's insane isn't it it's absolutely insane yeah, mate, that's yeah. actually it is how impatient we've become. And like, we're not mm. going to grow any more patient again with the machine. It yeah. has to get faster. You know, yeah, our brain, we've adapted to that now. Like, um, yeah. and it's a, it's a, it's a truly scary, intimidating thing. And I think you can, you can, you can look into it if you want and sort of like, but, but at the same time, it's frustrating for me because mm. you can see the way it's going to go but it's happening so much slower <laughs> than it's not like you're going right future open up the internet and it's here it's happening every yeah. day in like in like mm. the way that we argue in the news the way different narratives come up the way you know different mm. people but issues that arise in society that takes like three months to sort out coronavirus taking what close to a year now to sort out there at the same time we've been organizing yeah, it's how it's like to live in a pandemic like that's a year in 10 years mm. if there's another pandemic we'll be so much quicker but we have to live through this one now annoyingly um now so yeah. uh, and like you've said you know in the in the future you're not gonna have to book an optician's appointment you're just gonna be able to go and get it done and so yeah, it makes it even more infuriating now having to go through that whole go, th go through that whole process if you know what i mean but but a lot of people yeah. would say we're not we're not ready for that what humans aren't ready like as a society to start to start introducing that in it has to happen slowly i guess yeah i mean to be honest it's, it's kind of weird that you know like if we think about it this way let's say we're kind of having a conversation with our, our grandchildren and maybe we may have spoken to our grandparents about wars and you know what it was like and and all that kind of stuff but when we maybe have our grandkids and they'll be like yep yeah, back in 2020 we all had to wear a mask and you couldn't touch anybody and you couldn't go to the shop and everybody had to stay in their houses and we're like oh my god but it's like but we're like living in that right now and it's I mean, I think that we're incredibly lucky, touch wood, that we haven't lived any through any kind of, you know, um, wars that have forced us to perhaps move to the countryside or to ration our food or anything like this. But this is like a completely different pandemic or a completely different year than any of us have ever experienced before. And I don't think we've ever really had such little human contact. I do think that's why so many people now are, um, you know, perhaps struggling with their mental health or... Um, you know, on social media so much more, and it's becoming a lot more prevalent, all the changes that are going on. And I think that it will be a very interesting 2021 to see what the hell happens with this yeah. whole situation. I think it's a different war we're under now. Like they say, mm. we're, it was quoted in some book ages ago that people probably know, but it's about we're in the information war now. You know, like mm. the, the, this war isn't even visible. Um, there's a lot obviously going on. You've got so much information being sent to you all the time um, that we've kind mm. of just like... like we, we, we've 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 become so far away from our immediate surroundings if you know what i mean like yeah. the, the, the war is like going online and being able to, and being shown hundreds of types of news that it really actually doesn't affect you and your immediate day so you become distant you become thoughtful about these like far away problems where and and fine that's good to think about all that stuff but what about like what you're going to do for your career what about what you're going to do in terms of making friends what about you're going to do about your phone addiction you you sort of you sort of just you sort of just don't take into any of that to account and i think that's the issue where we need to start and this is it's really round everything up 
the podcast right you know Epsom it's about creating a platform for the community that's where you're local again and being able to this is why I think it's important to just like connect again with our immediate surroundings to sort of fight off that yeah. that too much information more and and start to get to know get each individual get to know themselves again if 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 you know what I mean yeah no I know exactly what you mean I mean if you think about it where I used to live when I was younger so I lived at my old house for the most most of my life and I knew pretty much every single person down that road I knew all the kids I knew the mums the dads everybody where I live now I moved when I was 16 so I lived in my old place from pretty much born to like 16 years old moved here and I think the advancements well not the advancements the the kind of lack of now community feel to lots of different areas I know two people on my road and that's it yeah it's, it's, it's absolutely insane and like I mean and now you know since we've been on this podcast I just opened up my phone just to see if there was any messages or anything like that since we've been having this conversation I've got nine Instagram DMs and 11 WhatsApps and it's like I would have usually have been attending to them constantly like as soon as I get a message I'll, just, I'll usually just be straight on there so if I wouldn't have sat here and had this conversation with you I would have just been sat on my phone replying to messages every like five minutes yeah yeah and again that makes you so I know we're obviously talking not in the same room but I feel like we've been quite connected and, and listening to each other mm. like how many of them responses yeah, are, are, you, are you truly engaging with you know how often does it become um but then then again I think this is also some kind of harsh reality of what the future is going to become like I like to think of it as we are all sort of individual trees, yeah. And um, yeah. The, the way that the internet has sort of come about, it, it makes it easier for us to pollinate our information, you know, our biology mm -hmm. or whatever we're doing. And the internet is just that next step to like to like sharing information, if if you know what I mean. But at the same yeah. time, yeah, like they need. A, <laughs> this is so cheesy. A tree needs to be pretty so solid and strong in its roots, if you know what yeah. I mean. So it needs roots. Yeah. And at the moment, we are blowing our pollen all over the place uh, and we're sort of flailing in the wind and there's no route to where we're actually supposed to stand and be a part of the whole forest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, uh, it's just, just true, man. And there's just so much, so much to do as well. Like, as in, as in yeah. it, it, you're trying to engage in big group chats you're trying to engage with instagram you're trying to engage with facebook you're trying to engage your work and then that general one-to-one mm. -one communication between somebody just just falls to the back of the list and i think this is where the, the divide comes like that I look, and i don't even think it's people our age i think it's our age to 45 50 mm. they're the ones who are hooked on their phones when you talk to like my granddad who's like 70 and other like my other nans and granddad's like you, when you're on the phone to them you can tell how much they still live in that world where communication matters, mm. you know, like where they want to really yeah. talk to you. Like me and my nan could send each other emails at like five, six paragraphs long, but you could never send it. <laughs> like no one, you wouldn't bother sending that to yeah, me yeah. because you, they'd be like, I'm not reading that. Are you mad? Or like, you, you, and you yeah. haven't even given the time to explore who, how you're actually feeling in these little, like even if you, the thing is, it is good sending your mate like a text, how are you doing? But like in this fast paced world, like how are they expected to answer? Like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm this like like where's the reflection yeah, Where, yeah. where's the the fact that when I email my nan we send each other seven paragraphs I have to sit there and think about what I'm going to say think about my week reflect <laughs> you know what I mean like really yeah, like really yeah. and, and then I, I go oh yeah actually I've had a good week all this like are you okay yeah I'm fine mate thanks for asking like yeah but but are you like what have you done tell me what but we haven't got the time we haven't got the time yeah. to tell each other that's the thing or reflect yeah those those type of conversations almost aren't normal anymore like 
I, I went for a walk a few days ago and some random woman was still outside our house. And for some reason, we started talking about Strictly Come Dancing for five minutes. That's okay. I see that as normal. Like, although it was a bit strange and it wasn't something that I would usually do, I see that as normal. Whereas if somebody my age have said that, I'd be like, who the fuck are you? I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I thought that someone would be like offering me out for a fight or something. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's weird that that is the way that we would now think. And that if somebody would want to talk to us on the train or at the, you know, at the pub or that we don't know, we'd think, who the hell is this guy? This is a stranger. Why does he want to talk to me? And we're, we're very guarded by that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and meanwhile, sitting there sending loads of laughing emojis to our friends on the group chat when we're just sitting there yeah. straight-faced awkward on the train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you, you, you yeah. think you understand the way the world's going, but, you know, when mm. you see things like that, you just think, ah, who knows what's going to happen. It's a strange age, this, this age, you know, being in, like, your mid-20s because a part of you feels like you just want to go back to being, like, a 16-year-old and playing football with your mates. And another part of you is like, oh, you know, I've got friends that are... You know getting married and having kids and they've got a mortgage and like all these different things and you kind of it's very very easy to get caught up on that and compare yourself to other people and think you know should i be doing this or should i be doing that but i think that it's just important to try and pursue something that you generally really do have you know a passion for and you generally do get a lot of enjoyment out of and a lot of fulfillment out of and i think that it's very easy to forget that although all of these things are important you know one day i'm sure we'll want to have kids and we'll want to settle down and all that kind of stuff but it's very important to, to kind of tap into our inner monkey and almost kind of sometimes throw the banana uh, uh, a the monkey a banana and say here you go mate look, enjoy yourself like it's it's not life yeah. isn't all about getting to a certain destination it's more about just you know enjoying what you're doing at the moment i guess yeah man how much did you think is is like that stuff of wanting to be places and wanting to be someone and not have it is subconscious where people don't actually even realize that like that's what's driving them you know like that that need to feel yeah. something to be something like that's actually the driving force behind their life and it never quite yeah. brings them that actual like do you know what i mean like that actual feeling of comfort in their own self at the time with like like the banana for your monkey <laughs> yeah i do think it's interesting to think about because like somebody asked me this question the other day and i, I when i initially answered it and i was like you know what no no way but then i thought about it and i was like actually that's that's quite a good question it was um, do you think that you would like go to the gym and train if there was no such thing as social media? If you n knew no better and you couldn't see that anybody else was, you know, trying to get in shape or change themselves or whatever else, so like, do you think you'd still train? I was like, yeah, of course I would. I love the gym. But then I was like, well, actually, there's probably, you know, quite a lot of people that they see people on social media or they see stuff online and think, oh, I want to be like that or I want to look like that or I want to get to that position or, you know, it might be somebody that you see as running a certain business or they've you know, created a brand or whatever it is, and you kind of aspire to be that way. But I think that if we didn't have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everything else, maybe our, you know, the way that we kind of live our lives would be a lot different to the way it is now. I'm not sure. I actually 100% agree with you because it might speak to my dad back mm. in the day, and he said that not really many people went to the gym at all. You know, like, yeah. and, and also at, at this point, you've got to think like the gym is a bit of a brand now, isn't it? You've, you've got a lot of like... Yeah companies and, and individuals selling fitness and I, I i come up with a thing the other day called cell being you know it's not well-being it's cell being yeah. and, and it's like a lot of the time <laughs> yeah, yeah. you get you get sold this richer life as if like well if you attain this level of fitness if you attain this level of image then you will be happier mm. if you're wearing all these clothes i see guys in the gym when i go some when i was going before lockdown um and they were like it just looked like such a serious affair for them uh, like you know yeah. what I mean it just looked like this incredibly yeah. and, and you will probably disagree on this point but I was just kind of looking at him like smile mate 
you know <laughs> you're here, you're <laughs> yeah, here yeah, because yeah. you're trying to it, in my opinion you should be here because you're trying to give your body a workout give it what it wants uh, and and mm. give it like a runaround not like stare yourself in the mirror intently until like you yeah. you, you you hate yourself enough to, to to push yourself through some pain but then we probably 100%. what would you say with that yeah no no I, I actually massively agree with that and okay. I think that I've probably I've probably been guilty of doing that in the past I'll be like in the middle of a session and like a certain song comes on and I've got a certain lift I'm like right come on gotta get angry and, <laughs> and it's like and it's like and, and and then you walk out of the gym and you're and you just feel like absolutely knackered and you're like did I actually enjoy that session or was I just doing it because I felt like I had to do it like do you know what I mean like I, <laughs> and then um Oh, a client actually said to me once he was like oh you know I try and push myself but I could I could never do what you do and I was like what do you mean he was like oh you know I've seen your training videos and you like almost kill yourself and I'm like actually it's pretty messed up that some people and I again I, I used to do this like probably a year or two ago where I would push myself that hard that I then had to come home and lay on the sofa for two hours after my session and I'm like is this all really worth it like am, am I have I lost the enjoyment for it? Am I just becoming obsessed with it now? And I think it's 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 good to kind of look back and reflect on why you're doing something as opposed to just doing it. Like it's not always about you know this whole like Nike thing like just do it. Like it's, yeah. it's not always about that. It's it's really not always about that. It's just about you know. Yeah, I hate um, that slogan by the way. It, we'll come back to that after. Yeah, Go on, just do on. it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's just about you know. Um, I, I read this. I, I don't know why this popped into my head, but I guess it's relevant. I read a Tiger Woods book when I was about 12 and that was when I was getting into golf and it was all about like how he learned how to play golf. And at the end of the book, the last sentence, uh, there was like a little picture of one of his fans and he said, no matter what you do, remember to smell the roses along the way. And it was a girl holding a rose with a picture of him. And I was like, actually, that's a really good way of thinking of it. Like no matter what you're doing, whether it be gym or work or whatever, like remember to look back and, and actually enjoy what you're doing. I'm not joking, man. As you said that, the sun has just come beaming through the window and that all harmonised beautifully. <laughs> and I looked around and I went, yeah, I've got my microphone out. I'm recording. I like this stuff, man. This is what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. 